0: So, David, you about flooded your house this morning, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, cool. we do this once a year.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: It's like, I'm a, a pro. I can tell day. you how to
1: handle this anytime. Like Just give me a call. Broken I, pipes is my
2: specialty. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I emailed the guys last night at midnight saying, we have a burst pipe. I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow morning for the recording. I'll keep you informed. Uh, we, there's, so basically there's this, there's a water line that runs the length of our garage to a spigot for a hose. And this water line is outside the wall. Part of it is galvanized. Part of it is PEX, Uh, and well, it, it bursts again. This is like the third time this happened. And over the winter, I got this huge package of flex tape. With no note, I don't know where I just <laughs> finally came into play. Yeah, it just I just got a box and I got rolls of flex tape and their spray. I mean, there's probably like three hundred dollars worth of flex tape stuff in there, but I don't have any idea where it came from. Where well, there's no note, no anything. I've never flex had tape. any contacts w- with them whatsoever. <laughs> and so, um, th- this pipe burst, and it wasn't. It was. It was just kind of like leaking like a a heavy leak but nothing to like totally panic about so I got to use the flex tape for the first time and I just put a piece of tape over over the the burst part and I think it works well. Um, this is not a... I'm, I'm not advertising for them, but I, I cut too big of a piece. But you so are. And so I was trying to, over, I, I was trying to <laughs> overlap around it, and I don't think I got a good, like, airtight seal. And so then I'm like, I don't know how to take this flex tape off because this stuff is insane. And so then I started putting pipe clamps around the, the flex tape yeah. over the thing. I'm like, okay, now it's only dripping. We're good. I'm going to worry about this tomorrow because it's midnight and... uh this funny thing was i'm on this like uh health kick for the month and so like kind of watching the diet like no alcohol for the month and I'm like you know what I'm having a glass of whiskey now because i just <laughs> i'm soaking wet i'm not in a good mood i'm gonna have a glass of whiskey and watch some youtube good for you <laughs> and so uh got up this morning and the plumber that we usually use they're an amazing company they're so friendly and so professional um they couldn't They couldn't come out right away. So I had to do one of those one hour plumbing companies, which cost like four times as much. So they did the quick fix. And now the main plumbing company is going to come out and do a permanent fix. So this doesn't happen again. But it means like taking, going down into the crawl space and putting, running, it's going to be expensive. But it, it was a whole ordeal. And, make sure, uh,
1: make sure that the, when the professional plumber comes or the good guy that takes time to fix it, puts a shut off in like the, the last spot where it's warm. You know you want to put wherever that is access, make sure you can like throw a ball, a ball valve shut off
2: somewhere where it's warm. So So the problem is this happened before, and they did put a shutoff, but it's in the middle of the line, in the middle of the garage because yeah no put it like where the last spot it's warm before it goes into that that's the idea that's the ideal place that they they said this is this would be the ideal place but this is galvanized pipe and so we would have to cut it here we'd have to do all these things like we might be able to put a shut off here where the galvanized ends it's going to save you some money this 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 might work you might just have to run some insulation on the line and it well it didn't i saved i saved Mm -hmm. money but it actually it's costing me so much more money
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were in a house uh, with some friends recently looking at, they were looking at a house and I had never seen this. This may be really common, but um, the spigots on the outside of the house had a, you know, obviously it has a shutoff. It is, it is a shutoff, but then on the inside of the house past the interior wall, and I guess this is what you're talking about, Jimmy, there was a separate cutoff. And so there was a, there was an inline uh, valve Inside, but that made it so that we kept finding like these little holes, like there was a hole in the ceiling, a little panel. And it was so that you could inside the house reach up and cut off the water going out to that spigot so that it, when it froze, it wouldn't freeze past that, And I, I guess. Right, yeah. But our house and every house we've ever had has been older than that process, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so we, we've never had that anywhere. but it was pretty smart as long as you know where they all are, you know. Yeah. But I guess that's the same the same principle. What
2: made the process more frustrating and more difficult is even though this water line is outside the wall and easy to get to, totally not easy to get to, because I have the Impala up on the the dollies, pushed up against. There's a bunch of toolboxes, like Husky, like toolboxes yep. pushed up against there, and then the Impala is pushed up against that, and so Oy. there's room for Kelly to park, and so. <laughs> when kelly left for work this morning i had to push out the impala like it's on dollies but it's still really hard for one person to move a big car because <laughs> sure. they're casters it's, and the wheels it's get oriented so hard to
1: s- move on those yeah. things they look like you're going to push them around like a
2: yeah like can
1: table it's impossible
2: but you have to so you, you have to get all the casters aligned so you can yep. get it to where you want so it's a whole process but i got the impala pushed out where i could take the dollies off and then I started it up, and so it was the first time I got to start the car and since, you know, last fall. And ah, oh, was, it, it was kind of like falling in love again. You yeah. know how, um, you know, like motor guys and, and car guys, like, you know, like electric doesn't have the same feel and doesn't have the sound of, of a motor. And I never really thought much about that. But starting up this car and just hearing the the rumble of it, I'm like, I know what they're talking about. I, 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 you know, it mm. sounds so cool. So, uh, the car is out in the driveway now. So after the podcast, I might go take it for a drive. Ooh,
0: nice. You should keep it on the casters. <laughs> yeah. the Just kidding.
2: My, my, my fear is when it's on the dolly is the, this garage, it's sloped. So like when you pull your car in from the winter, the water drains out there my fear is i'm gonna start pushing the car and then it's just gonna take off and go down the driveway and hit the
0: neighbor's house (laughs) that's an 80s movie right there yeah so is there is there a mechanism out there for aligning casters underneath something oh there's like heavy
1: equipment moving dollies yeah that have a handle on them so you could turn the dolly to like the direction you want it to pull. But, that's but that, doesn't, heavy heavy that wouldn't
0: align the casters individually underneath the thing, right? No.
1: You'd have to have a planetary gear system. So, like, they'd all be on some gear swivel, so that they'd all point in the same direction. But that would point like them in every be... opposite direction, if you think about it. If it was just one <laughs> planetary yeah. gear, you'd have to have a complex system.
0: Yeah, because they would have to get them to align first, and then yeah. all, yeah. Hmm. So the the
2: dolly that I'm using is it's from Harbor Freight. It's like their Daytona line. So each each one goes underneath the wheel, and you know what? Like I was mentioning before, unless all the casters are aligned, it's really hard to get that push started. Somebody has a video on YouTube where they made some sort of um, pole that connects. To each one, where you could, uh, you're actually pulling the weight from where the the dolly is, instead of like you pushing on the fender of the car, and so you're distribute your the the force that you're putting on there is more geared towards the dollies,
0: so. Hmm. That makes sense. I guess, honestly, the suspension of the car would probably eat up a little bit of your push and
2: yeah, you know, yeah. the
0: tires and all of that stuff. So pulling from underneath would make a lot more sense. I it, It's funny that you say that and you're talking about pushing it around being difficult. And I can imagine because an Impala is a big car. Yeah. Uh, the Karmann Ghia chassis that I currently have on those same type of dollies is like like a paperclip. And so <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was, I was standing next to it because I have a work table on one side of it. And I was standing next to it, and it was kind of like pushing into the back of my legs. And I just reached back with a foot and kicked the entire car, and it like slid back a foot. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's so much lighter than that. Did and you? It's very, very easy to move around.
2: Did you pull your motor out?
0: Not yet. Uh, Neg- that is the plan.
2: So one of there's a restoration company in Toledo, and I've thought about doing this. Is just because I want to do all the outside body work. Um, I was wondering if I could take it to them, have them pull the motor, paint the the bay, and then do some rebuilds of the motor, or at least make and and then paint the, you know, the the block and the manifold and all that, make it look showroom ready. And they would do the engine bay, and I would do everything else. But now I'm having thoughts of maybe I do pull the motor myself. I only have the garage, I only have access to the garage in the summertime. Because the deal is Kelly right. gets to use that garage in the winter. So I don't have a place to store this this engine lift, but maybe I could put it in the backyard in the winter and just put a tarp over it. So I, like I'm having thoughts
0: of pulling <laughs> the, the mold myself. Yeah. junk collection.
2: Didn't you say that
0: you were getting rid of your music room? Because, I mean, it could be an engine room. Uh, <laughs> <You should laughs> well, the music room is going
2: to be a, uh, a primary bath e- extension. So, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, you could put an engine in a bathtub. Yeah, I can, I can figure this yeah. out for you. <laughs> yeah. So I've have watched a few of engine pulling videos. I'm like, it looks
0: not easy, but it looks doable. Hmm. See, I I'm know. I'm like totally spoiled when it comes to the car stuff because everything about my car is smaller and simpler than pretty much every mm-hmm. other car ever made. And so yeah. when I think about pulling the engine, I'm like, I mean, maybe with somebody else's help, I could lift it. You know, it's not. <laughs> Like, we could physically pick the engine up. It's not that heavy. Um, So all of the stuff that you're talking about, in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, you could totally do that. But it's it's not at all the same thing. (laughs) Speaking of, I was at the farm uh, a couple days ago and started uh, putting epoxy primer on a few of the pieces, which is really cool. It feels nice to have something that is now prepped for the work that has to be done to it. (laughs) Like, I still haven't technically done anything to it. But sprayed. Brushed the, or roll-on. Uh, sprayed. So what I did with these two pieces, I did the hood and the engine lid, and those were just uh, like the trunk lid, because those were two pieces that were pretty much ready to go. Like they, all the rust was as off of them as it's going to be. It was converted and, and all that stuff. And so uh, I have epoxy primer in in a like a big can, mixable stuff to spray with a gun for the body and all the other pieces, but I wanted to kind of test just how the whole thing would go on a couple of smaller pieces that I could more easily manage. So <clears throat> I got some of the... Oh, I can't remember the brand name. It's the the brand that does the 2K... Uh, what's the name of that brand, Jimmy? Do you know? 2K what? Like the spray... Anyway, it's a spray can, like a like a rattle can, Eastwood? but it has a cap that goes in the bottom. No, it's not from Eastwood. It has a cap that... You push into the bottom of the can, and it breaks breaks a membrane. So oh, inside uh, the yeah. can, a two-part mixes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. but So they have an epoxy primer in that same function, and you have to use it within like three days or something. So I did rattle can epoxy primer for these two pieces as a way to get started because I figured they were small enough that if I screwed it up, I could sand them down again. It's not a big deal, but it actually turned out really cool. And just seeing pieces of that car be a uniform color of any kind, I was like, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) that's really cool. So now they are ready to begin the filler process and uh, the trunk lid really doesn't need much of anything. Like it was intact. The hood around the front lip uh, underneath is pretty eaten away. It's where that, like, top layer of metal folds over to the bottom. You know, there's, like, the hood's made out of two pieces. So there's a fold there that's kind of eaten away, but it's intact enough that it's not going to come apart, but it's really rough. So this may not be the right thing to do, but I'm going to try body filler within that little eaten away edge and see if I can build it up enough to get it smooth again because it's, you know, it's inside. It's underneath the, the hood, so you won't really see it, but... So it's just, it's cool that I'm now at a point where I can actually begin some of the real work. I also got to play with uh, a dent puller. I got one of those like stud welder things from Harbor Freight. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was harder to get the stud to stick than I was expecting. (laughs) Like, if you don't, so for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's a, what do you call it? Is it a stud welder?
1: It's called a stud, yeah, a stud welder. It stu- welds a stud on that you attach to and you're able to pull right from that spot. You know what also works well that a lot of guys use? Hot glue. Did you ever see these guys that take a whole oh. bundle of hot glue sticks, like like a side, mm-hmm. like a bundle of pencils, heat up the end with a torch, stick it on the car, wait till it solidly cures, and give it a hard yank and then pour alcohol on it
0: and it releases it immediately. If you're doing a, a bigger area, yeah, yeah. Um, I have this one fender with a bunch. It looks like, it looks like somebody threw rocks at it or something. It's a bunch of little, tiny, little, right? you know. And so the way this thing works is it's like a big, goofy-looking gun, and you put these little studs. They look like pop rivets or something. You stick them in the end. You push it onto the car. It welds the stud onto the car, and then when you take the gun off, you have this little stud sticking out, and it comes with this goofy-looking hammer handle thing. Slide hammer? That you attach to the stud, and then you, like, pull a hammer piece back to, I I don't even know how to describe this but slide, it, it, a slide hammer
1: as you Slide used hammer, that's the word yeah, yeah. It stops at the back of it and put, and then yeah. creates a little tug.
0: So it tugs on that stud and pulls the dent out a little bit. So I started on that process and you know there's a lot of learning as to how how much you want to pull it out and how long you need to weld the stud on to get it to stay and cuz a lot of them would just pop right off. So but it was fun to like try a new thing and and I think I've begun to improve one little six inch square section of the car <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's nice but I'll be out there again this uh, next week get to work on it some more pretty stoked on it like I, I'm looking forward to making progress on that car a lot
2: Nice.
0: and you were talking about starting it up again I can't even imagine how long it's going to be before I get to start oh, that car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long time Anyway, Jimmy, what have you been up to? We've been talking more than Jimmy so far. I've uh,
1: been uh, you know, fielding lots of positive energy for the show, which has been great. It's been uh, a great week. A lot of people are really enjoying the show, and you guys both sent me really nice notes, so thank you. Kids so many me. so I much love. It, love. Apparently, as of last night, we were like in the top anywhere between like 8 to 1 in like 15 countries, which is crazy. Somebody from Netflix sent us a list of all the oh. like positions we were in definitely heading towards number one i can't imagine we can't be in the top 10 and not eventually get to the number one you know it'll be a it'll be a little short-lived victory i'm sure it'll be a number one for a few minutes and then slowly go back down that's just the way it always is you know it's funny just i was waiting for food yesterday and i started looking at my analytics just to see if i'm getting a bump in uh in followers you know just it's just a slight bump it's not what anybody might expect but in 2015, in November of 2015, I added like 10,000 followers in one day, and I don't know what it was. I just looked at the tide says "look at all time," and I just wanted to see what the the, the scale looked like. I don't even rem- like I kind of remember like just the popularity of all of us around that time. But I added like 10 or 12,000 followers in one day, which was unbelievable. Huh. And so the spike goes way to the top and then goes back down and just kind of stays like a little rumble <laughs> across the bottom. But I was just like, wow, that was seven years ago where like we had this like man. big and we're all still here uh but besides that i try to challenge myself this week i i i took in a border young and i could recommend this channel it's been my recommendation i took in a young border he's temporarily without a shop so i took this young man in and he's going to work out of aaron's shop for uh, going into the spring he might find a better space because he's still a little far from home but uh this kid silas uh silas i'll, I'll double check silas bedlow i know him as tiny town forge i know his first name is silas and i know him from the maker camps he's come to the maker camp several times and he is an absolutely incredibly talented blacksmith like i say i say someone like him has 100 years worth of experience even though he's only 17 18 years old and uh it's unbelievable how talented he is, and his his knives are just absolutely incredible. Whenever he's at the Maker Camp, he has his knife spread out on the table, and it just draws a crowd, and everybody is just amazed at the beautiful technical ability he has and the beautiful s- styling he has. Which is, you could be really technically good at something, but have horrible style and horrible design sense. To have both of them is is incredible, and uh, you know only a few people have that, and he's one of them. And uh, he's he's without a shop, so I took him in and. He always makes these, they call integral bolsters. I actually have it right here. I'm going to show you guys. It's when the back of the handle is part of the blade. So you you all out of one piece of metal, you you forge the pin that's going to be the handle, the bolster, which is kind of the stop between the handle and the blade, and then the blade itself, all out of one piece. And so I've always been looking at his stuff. And, then, uh, and Ben Schnur is another blacksmith I always follow. So... I've been looking at their stuff and thinking, wow, I got—I need to challenge myself. because it's kind of like the next step of blacksmithing is if you can do a, a integral bolster. I remember Paul Pinto made his first one about four years ago, and I was so impressed with it. And I finally got a chance to do one this week. And I'm doing a meat cleaver. I've always wanted a meat cleaver. I'm showing you guys something. This is bad stuff for radio. But this meat cleaver is like one from about 100 years ago that I got at the flea market. And it's always inspired me to make one. And so that's what I'm working on. So i worked on that all week so far. It's only the Wednesday. So today I'll go to grinding on it. And uh, it's it's exciting because I get into this and I'm like, there's so many small little technical difficulties that I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I have the experience. This might be the step towards the better version. And it absolutely is a step towards the better version. But I thought this was going to be a failed step towards a successful step. Mm. And uh, this was a successful step at a successful learning experience. So. I'm still not out of the woods hardening it and taking it through temper and stuff is is all very precarious and the shaping is obviously a very technical complex thing uh for for a newbie like me and i was able to make it through to the other side and uh so that's what i worked on this week i really wanted to just challenge myself it's funny because i get compliments from bladesmiths they're like i love what you do and i just think to myself but you're you're a bladesmith like you like, at the top of, like, the handmade yeah. stuff. And it's not – that's just my impression. It's not necessarily true. But when you see bladesmiths complimenting me, I'm like, what are you complimenting me for? You're, like, way above and beyond technically. Like, you know – if you could do that, you know everything that comes up to that. And that's – so it's really nice when a, when a bladesmith turns to me and says, I really like what you do for one reason or another. And then I – so it, it, I but- was always – I'm always envious of somebody that could really, really – take metal and do whatever they want with it. And uh, I really want to learn that process.
0: This may backfire on me, but I yeah. have a thought on that. <clears throat> yeah. So I have felt the exact same way about most of the things that I do. <laughs> right. And the, uh, the thing that has always confused me to no end is that there are people that support. I like to make stuff through Patreon. I'm going to call out one person that we all know, Brian Prusa. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> last night we were on a, a hangout. We were on like the the Maker Alliance hangout, where you know we just—it's like an hour of people just chatting and talking and stuff. And Brian jumped in for the first time in a long time. Brian has been supporting us on Patreon for years and years and years.
1: He's always
0: been supportive from the beginning. And the thing that I've never understood about that is that in my mind, I would support someone on Patreon who like I learn a lot from, who I look up to, somebody I want to see further what they're doing and everything. And that's just my perspective on why how I would do that. And when I look at the work of the Brian, anybody that doesn't know, Brian does amazing woodworking. He's, it's beautiful stuff. He's a great guy, uh, but does really, really good work. And I've always felt that it doesn't make any sense for him to support me on Patreon because I cannot teach him <laughs> anything about woodworking <laughs> at all. That's it's exactly it's exactly the feeling Nothing. I get when I get
1: complimented by by like Ben Schnur or or you know some of these guys I really look up to.
0: Same thing with uh, Darren Moser. Darren's listening probably, and we've talked about him before. He does like these crazy big puppet, you know, like puppeteering robot things from Star Wars miles past me in fusion and in prop making and in electronics and all of the stuff, yet he was on the hangout too. And the thing that I I have trouble with in regard to what you're saying, I'm, I'm not talking about myself, I'm trying to bring this back to you. The thing that I've always had trouble with is understanding the the disconnect between my skill level and the way that I do things or the reason that I do things. I see all of those things as like I am just a thing. I am just over here. But then the things that I do, the process that I use is like the woodworking, for instance, is never going to be at the level of some of these other people. The thing I have trouble with is understanding that those people are supporting us not for the necessarily the knowledge that we're trying to give them if they don't need it. They're supporting for something else because we inspire them or because they like something about us or I don't know. But that's a thing I've never quite been able to get uh, my head around is that someone would just like me as Bob Mm. enough or or what we do in general enough to support for that versus just the knowledge transfer. So those people are saying that to you because they see something in what you do and who you are that they look up to or they like or they Mm. don't have. And that's – not in contrast to, but probably separate from the bladesmith quality, you know, that that they do versus what they see in you. So that's probably not an encouraging thing to say, but I was trying to say, there's something about you outside of the skill level (laughs) that they like, that they want to pursue. No, no, of
1: course, of course. But, you know, I just feel so honored. And and, and in a way, I want to, in a way, of course, I'm always curious. So that's like a big part of it. But in a way, I want to honor them by learning what they do, you know, and being able to like, have a conversation with them about what they do because I've experienced it and I've attempted it and uh, that, you know, like I immediately wanted to start making another one because I had some success here and, and I will, I will. And, you know, I've always said it every time I have conversations with my blacksmith crew, my friends on blacksmithing is that, Oh, I just need to blacksmith more. I just need to blacksmith more. Just like I need to exercise more and ride my bicycle more and, you know, watch what I eat more. I need to blacksmith more. It's a skill set that, I mean, if you guys can go back to like probably in the hundreds episodes, you know, in the in the 100 series of episodes that we've talked about where I'm like, I want an anvil one day. One day I want to actually use an anvil, you know. And now here I am these many years later. I have 50 anvils and 7,000 hammers and, you know, thousands of dollars worth of tools. And now I have no excuse other than just to get to it. And, you know, I just need to do that. Hmm. So I'm really happy this week I actually did something.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: I just want to say really quick quickly that uh brian prusa he just it's it's just in him to be nice and go out of his way to help you like he has Mm. he's he's come up to my house from southern or mid ohio to help me with things before it's just that's just his nature is to to be nice so and he listens to the podcast so what's up brian
0: yeah i'll put a link to to brian's stuff and darren's stuff both down in the comments yeah David, you didn't say you've just been fixing your leak. Did you work on anything? (laughs) Did you you build anything this week? Um, Yeah, so I'm
2: out of character, I'm working on three, almost four videos at the same time, and I need to get some of these out. But uh, one of them, I I think the next one is going to be uh, Jimmy's Toolbox. So I got Jimmy's Toolbox from Walmart. You can see a little teaser of it in a short that I posted on... Uh, Did old, you find it in Walmart? In no, the store? I bought it's just it.
1: Getting, I, it's hitting any minute now. Yes. It's, it's mostly on the website.
2: I bought it online and I keep checking to see if the Toledo store has it because I want to just go get footage of it, just get, get some video of it on the shelf because I think that would help tell the story a little bit more. But there's a teaser of it in the short I put out about uh, using an iron MPBA glue to iron on veneer. And so the, the toolbox is together and now we just got a deep, finish it up and do some more fancy with some some walnuts uh i'm i i do not need another toolbox so i might turn it into some sort of like succulent planner i want to transform oh, it into cool. something else so we'll yeah no i love it we'll, you we'll right. see so uh that'll be the the next video i also shot a video on i got one of those jet flip top tables uh, i you know lots of people make it where you can have one tool on top one tool on the bottom and you flip it over And Jet makes one that you can buy, and so I I bought it put it to use. I don't normally do, like, review videos, but I thought this was a cool product that somebody could get some use out of. And it was one of those things, like, I think I can buy... I don't really need this, but it's interesting to me, so I'll buy it. I'll probably make my money back from making a YouTube video on it, and then um, I'll just figure out what to do with it down the road. So got one of those. Hmm. Um, Another... What's the other video that we, oh yeah, the engine build, uh, the cart engine build that is almost done. And we've been filming that over a few days over a course of a, a month. And I was going to wait until the spring so I could get some live action cart footage to throw into the video. But I think I'm going to just pull footage from last year that I have and kind of, Throw it into the video because it's done. I've got some sponsored videos that need to come out in the next month or two, so I'm I'm a little behind. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna release that sooner than expected. So I got a bunch of videos in the works, and then some cool videos that coming up. We just I think I'm building the vanity for our bathroom, and so I'm in the process of designing that now.
0: So lots of fun things. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds busy. Um, well, we have, I've been working on a, a big kind of big, physically big project at the, uh, at the office this week, last week and this week. And the video that's coming out this week is the, hopefully if we can get sponsor approval is the, um, setting up the error system at the farm. And I think I kind of talked about that last week, but it went together really easily. And I feel like we got a lot of good information about compressors and uh, the tools and stuff like that in the video. And since I had it set up, like when I was out there the other day doing all that stuff, it it is so nice to have a giant compressor. Like I was going back and forth between you know, ratchets and sanders. And I was like, oh, man, I should use the air chisel right here to knock out this this old Bondo from this body. Sure, no big deal. Air is already there. Just, like, pop the tool out. And, I mean, I know this is, like, normal for everybody else who's ever had a compressor, <laughs> but the compressors I've always had have been, like, I can pick it up and carry it over there. And so they just can't do, you know, a lot of the stuff that you would normally use them for. So... I'm not used to having air tools at my disposal and having multiple ports throughout the shop. So I had, I have a hose reel right in the center that comes down so I can get anywhere with that, but then I also have some ports on the wall. And um, just being able to have two tools hooked up at the same time and be able to switch back and forth between the sander and the die grinder you know, to get stuff out, I, I don't know. It was really nice. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: When you hook up a die grinder to the air compressor, can you control the speed somehow?
0: Uh, not on mine. Okay. I mean, I guess if you cut down the psi going to it, you're cutting down how much it spins. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I have I don't have a lot of experience with them. Jimmy, can you? Do you have a die grinder that you can change the speed on?
1: Uh, you know, it's a matter of if you change the uh, air pressure, just, but just then pressure. it slows down the torque as well. Mm. So you you could like like. If you tile the air way down and you're just trying to like, do like a light pass, you could do that.
2: Because yeah. I have uh, I, you know, Harbor Freight die grinders for my air compressor, and it's it just seems like it's only at dangerous speeds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's weird. I had two die grinders, and they were both given to me. Like, like I said, I've never really used these tools, so any ones that I had were like Harbor Freight from years and years ago when I had another larger compressor or somebody's given them to me. So I had these two die grinders and I got them out there and I grabbed one of them to use and with like 90 PSI behind it, it was like, like barely spinning around. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, oh man, (laughs) this one's busted. (laughs) There's something on the inside of that one that is not okay. So that was kind of a bummer. But after working, with those tools for a day, I realized really quickly that, you know, like I need a pistol grip. Uh, it's not a die grinder, but like a spinning, what, what would yeah, it'll be? It be
1: called, called a die grinder, but you might put like a Scotch-Brite pad on it or something.
0: Yeah, I guess they, yeah, or like it's a, called a ninety. De- maybe it's called the 90
1: degree, it's called like a 90 degree die grinder or
0: something like that. Yeah, so I realized that like, oh, this would be easier to use in this particular place on the car and... They're so um, cheap. You know, you
1: know, if you go yeah, to Harbor Freight, they're like $20 each. So I have like 18 of them. Well, well, that's where I was going. Like I,
0: I found, oh, it'd be cool if I had this and this. So I'll go by Harbor Freight on the way home and I go by Harbor Freight. And I'm like, this tool is like $19. <laughs> like, it doesn't have a motor in it. it doesn't have I any. have a drawer full of them. Yeah. Like, literally. It's crazy. So I, I ended about, up getting, I got about 15 of them. I ended up getting another die grinder to replace the one that was kind of busted. A sander thing, pistol grip, whatever you call that thing. And then they have like needlers to get scale out of. They have mini needlers. They have you got to so make sure many. you got to
1: use the word thingy at the end, of whatever that thingy. thingy is called.
0: Okay, the gotcha. The thingy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I grabbed a bunch of more pneumatic tools. And because they don't have motors in them, I spent like $75 for four or five <laughs> things. <laughs> it's so cheap. And yeah, they may not last forever, but I'm not going to use them forever. So, I don't know. It was really cool. But I'm very excited to have the, the air system set up, and it was very easy to do, totally worth the money and the time. Um, and so the video for that will be out this week if anybody's interested in figuring out how to do that. Hmm. So that's what I've been up to. Hmm. Uh, the the project we're doing at the office, I kind of want to talk about it. Maybe the after show. Talk about the after Ooh, show. All right. It looks really cool. I'm very excited about it. Um, Oh, another thing that happened this week. We got a new employee. Uh, Megan joined the team. Megan is a, uh, somebody that we've kind of known from town here. Uh, and now we're getting to know her better. But uh, she joined the team to run all of our marketing stuff. And she's going to act as kind of a producer on video stuff to make sure we're getting everything that we need to get um, you know, from the producer side running the video production, which would be pretty cool to have somebody there. Um, so... It's, it's neat to see the team grow and the office change as soon as another person comes into it. Yeah. Obviously, she's the first woman that has spent time in the office. I mean, my wife is in there sometimes doing shipping and stuff. But um, Did you happen to see
1: uh, the episode of my show? You guys don't have a Netflix show, right? There's an episode where- Wait, what? You have a
0: show on Netflix? Tell me more. Yeah.
1: There's a sh- one of the episodes. Now I had zero to do with any of the editing or the, the mis the missteps and some of the the bl- pop ups. There's a couple of mis misinformation pop ups. They're going to try and fix them. But the uh, there's a, the scene where Justine is the the girl maker. She actually is the winner of season two of making it on NBC. She was behind the scenes, and then the producers liked her so much they pulled her onto the episode uh, where we make the the uh, the the boat the pizza. Pizza Ship. If you happen to see that episode, it's like Pizza Pirate Ship, I think it's called. And in that episode, we introduce Justine as if it's like the housewives of Beverly Hills with all this phony drama. It's like new. And then like they, the editor set up this phony thing between her and Graz, how they're like competitive. And... It's you got to watch it, Bob. I haven't gotten to that one yet, but yeah, consi- just watch that like opening because cons- it's they use the same silliness, like like they go on a break each time and it's all this phony drama. Oh yeah, it's really <laughs> right. funny. It's, it's awesome. and it's just like you you guys can identify with it now. There's like a woman coming into a group of men, so
0: yeah, it's funny. That's funny. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that one.
1: Watch that together. Watch that together, like on Shoot. a phone or something with everybody, and you'll all laugh. It's so okay. Dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well. um like I was saying, it's it's interesting to have her, uh, just. I mean, we intentionally wanted to have a woman on the team to change the perspective, right? To like grow it a little bit and and broaden it. And she's great for who she is, but it's also really cool just to have a different perspective in the office. But the office has already become better looking. She's she got interior design background as well, so she came in and immediately like put down some rugs and like made her desk look nice. And I'm like, wow, I'm I'm kind of a minimal like. Bare minimum type of person, and I didn't really realize it because my desk is just a desk with a computer on it. <laughs> and she's like, she got some plants and all this stuff, but she she jumped right in. Um She is getting up to speed, and it's really cool to have her around. But so anyway, oh, welcome aboard. If you see and her congrats. around online on the social on our social stuff. Say hi to Megan, and she spells her name weird like every other Megan that I've ever met. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do. There's like a thousand spellings of Megan. Anyway, we had a topic, yeah. kind of, for today. Yeah. What is it, David?
2: Uh, Scott. having fun. Uh, playful projects. Mm. So I've been, you know... Making fun. Making fun. So I've been watching Jimmy's no, show. Having, having. And, um... <laughs> you know you guys are too serious your projects are too practical and i thought maybe we could you know liven it up a little (laughs) bit by by having fun and give you some tips yeah um i don't know where i want to go with it but i just uh sometimes it's 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 fun to just make something silly or just for the experience of doing something new or just being playful just to re-energize yourself so i don't know where we're going to go with this conversation but that's where i wanted to
0: start Well, so this is interesting to me that you brought this up because I think of the three of us, might be wrong, but I think of the three of us, you make the fewest number of uh, like practical, you know, solving a problem, fixing a need kind of things. Mm -hmm. I feel like that the things that you make are for the beauty of the thing or to turn one thing into another. And they're not necessarily, I feel like they're all fun. I feel Is that not what you're talking about sh- sure but I feel like
2: they my project should be more fun. I think they should be more Oh out like there. like whimsical? Is that what you Ma- maybe like whimsical. Like that kind of um but maybe you you might say like I I focus on design. I'd say to myself I don't focus on design enough. Right? Uh oh. but maybe hmm. maybe uh maybe I'm too hard on myself or maybe uh that's what just keeps motivating me is just pushing me to to do better, think b- bigger and, and and all that. But yeah, I am thinking whimsical to so just hmm. make something just to just to make something. What you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's important anybody to just experiment. There's so many new makers and young makers jump into something. And I've said this a million times with my students. They jump into something with this serious, okay, I have to accomplish this. And if they don't accomplish it, they feel like a huge failure. So uh, we've talked about considering everything an experiment so that when you get to a point where you're like, okay, this one is a failure, but now I can experiment again and now I know where to turn when I get to this fork in the road. And I could you know, mix the chemicals differently next time or you know, blacksmith the thing in that direction as opposed to that direction. And it's really important to just go into everything with a sense of, exploration a sense of experimentation a sense of you know what no matter what happens i'm gonna learn that's it i'm gonna learn and and keeping it fun and light is is extremely important i mean even when we were doing the show even when we were keeping it fun and like even though the direction was to keep it fun and light like we were still keeping it fun and light like when we had a failure in one of the episodes the bandsaw breaks we're just making fun and having silliness the whole time i was completely being sarcastic about the blade being two hundred dollars and breaking but I didn't pay for it. The show bought it. So I was like, whatever. I was just being sarcastic because it was part of my character to be grumpy. But we were laughing about it. Like, we, we didn't
2: care. Can we talk about that for a and, second? Yeah, go. So your character in the show is, is is this grumpy old man. That's not how I know you. You're, you're, you're the know, kindest so person. Uh, I love
1: it. <laughs> I told, oh, thank you. It's so dumb. It's it was Mike's idea, and it works. It plays good. I got a lot of people complimenting, and saying my kid thinks you're grumpy, but they could tell you're not really grumpy. <laughs> I have a lot of yeah. like, people saying stuff like that to me. But it was it was just a it was just the thing Mike came up with. Mike's the guy who, who conceived of the whole plot. And uh, he had to keep reminding me. And I was like, you know, I can continue to be grumpy because everybody knows how grumpy I am when I'm around <laughs> TV people. So it makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like anytime I'm like grumpy and like and I lose, I lose my cool. It's because of the t- the TV folks behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great team we i mean i'm joking around but the team was great and you know it was such a great creative team but the idea of remaining we didn't know what the name of the show was going to be until like we were into like episode six or seven the netflix actually came up with the name and there's uh there was a lot of failures that for instance the catapult i made a catapult i made a catapult that shoots cat poop this is ridiculous but we i really wanted the catapult to work and And Jacob, behind the scenes tech guy, Jacob LaRocca, is like, you know, you got to use nylon rope. Otherwise, you know, the hemp rope's not going to work as well. I was like, the hemp rope looks better and I know it'll work because it worked, you know, when they were, before there was nylon rope. So I was being, you know, I was being a tough guy. And so we used the better looking for the vintage style. We used the hemp rope. But we found that when you arm the machine, if you sit around for 10 minutes, the rope begins to relax. Oh, and then you yeah. go to the thing, and the thing, the arm just quite literally lifts up, goes boink. It doesn't have any throw. But if you arm the machine, pull the pin, it will throw 15, 20, 30 feet. We knew we weren't going to win the challenge because Jackman made this thing that threw a ball three football fields into the property. And it was already, he was already testing and like throwing things hundreds and hundreds of feet, and we were still trying to figure out how to get the thing to throw fifteen feet instead of ten feet. <laughs> so, and the day we armed the machine, we knew we weren't going to win. So we knew we weren't going to we knew we didn't have a shot. But we were trying to figure out how to make it fun. And I was like, well, if we lose and it only throws it five feet, that would be great. And so we armed the machine and the cameraman, the drone, the lighting, the this, the that, the microphone, or the battery. And then all of a sudden, the thing is armed for 15, 20 minutes. I go, guys, that thing isn't going to even lift up. Mm. It's, we, the, the rope is so relaxed at this point. And then when we pulled the pin, it threw whatever it threw, like not even past the, the front of its base. <laughs> and, and, and we kept the take because it was just so dumb and silly and funny. But I, that was the behind the scenes of like, all right, if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't matter. Like when the the glitter farts, like we didn't know when those were going to go off. The one, the take that they used was was uh, Jackman riding. And Jackman says it. I didn't even know this until recently. We had a conversation. He said he reached for the handlebars. He looked back and reached for the handlebars and hit the, the mechanism which released the fart. <laughs> and it's like the perfect timing. Like there was so many like little kismet moments like that, that – like, he he had no plans on pulling it at that point. But when he did, accidentally, it worked. Per- he was going to go through the finish line and pull it. But there was so many moments. And just keeping it light and fun and and you know, no seriousness. I certainly at hope least, not on this
2: is somebody's very first episode listening to Making a Podcast has no idea about <laughs> your show or who you are and just hears about releasing the glitter fart
0: by accident, <laughs> by accident. <laughs> yeah. didn't mean to sometimes it just happens you know we're all getting older um so as far as <laughs> the the, uh, the seriousness of projects for me it's interesting because like i i feel better over the course of you know 6 months or a couple of months or something i feel better when the stuff that we have made has been a combination of functional it serves some purpose it does a thing that i can appreciate on a daily basis you know like a piece of furniture or something that we use those are not as like fun but they're gratifying and so i feel over a few months if i have a combination of those gratifying useful things and stuff that is it just makes me happy whether to look at it or to you know, it was silly to do in the moment or something i've always wanted but if i lean too far into either one of those like if i lean too far into the just kind of hedonistic side of it you know it's just like all fun and all this it has no substance for me personally Mm -hmm. but if I lean too far into the purely functional then it's just it's very utilitarian and whatever but you know so I can't really lean too far either way and I think that's one of the challenges that I've always kind of wrestled with is trying to keep both of those things present and go back and forth and switch my mentality because you have to build those things differently you have to design them differently you have to present them differently there's a different energy when you're when you're talking about like i'm gonna make this thing from star wars because it reminds me of being four years old and whatever then like my daughter needed a table so we're gonna make a table for her to have a table next to her bed. you know there's a different delivery there but so i've found in regard to this that i just have to keep it kind of balanced Mm -hmm. between them but at the same time like the fun ones like when josh and i will do a build-off which they all they the videos do terribly every single time. But when we do those they're a lot of fun. It is so much fun to be in there intentionally making something that I know is stupid and useless and and its only purpose is that moment. You know, like yeah. It doesn't have to live past the video in any way whatsoever. And those those things and like the uh candy cane cannon we did years ago where we're shooting like Christmas decorations at a tree and stuff. Those don't live past that moment, but that's absolutely important to do on occasion for us, you know, to keep the, the variation and all that. But yep. Anyway, that's me.
2: Uh, I, uh, I, I think of it, uh, you know, like a tattoo artist who maybe is, is drawing barbed wire and skulls and butterflies all day on on people you you know like at at home they're they're drawing silly things just for for no reason just to like this is my skill this is what i do and i'm gonna draw this this fun silly little thing and uh i i think translating that into woodworking is 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 fun for me like i'm gonna make a wooden mocha pot but why there's, there's no functional use for it, but it's, but it's fun. It's a lesson in, and, uh, well, I've, I've working with these segments. Like I've never done this before. And then I'm using tools. I don't get to use a lot with the lathe and everything. And I think, uh, for me, it's important that I'm enjoying making the thing in the video. Cause that comes through. Like we, you know, I did that jet flip top table, like, Maybe this video is going to do really well, but it's not my favorite video to make because I'm not having this amazing amount of fun doing it. It's just like this is an informational thing that you're going to get a lot out of. But when I'm making silly stuff like that's when I'm that's when I'm in my moment.
1: You know, it's interesting. You just reminded me of a concept that I, I often remind myself is when. I'm in the thick of something that's that's not fun and I'm having a difficult time getting through it or I'm having diff- technical difficulties or even emotional difficulties trying to figure something out or getting my getting my gumption up to do a, a, an ad read alone in the shop and, you know, I look like I'm 400 years old with nose hairs and I'm trying to <laughs> figure this out. <laughs> I have to remind myself of the last 10 years have been the most fun of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, in that you're going to have the, 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 you're looking at that scale. Sometimes it's, you know, 20,000 subscribers in a day. Sometimes it's just this, it's whatever, you know, just the idea of success and fun. And I've been so privileged to do what I do. So I can do an ad read and be silly. You guys want to hear a funny story about my last Skillshare ad read? Please. So yes. Taylor's like, I want to sit here and watch you do this. And I was like, you have to leave now. I can't, <laughs> I, I could talk to 20,000 people once it's recorded, but when I'm alone, I can't, I got to be completely alone in the room. 100%. And she said, she goes, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to, I'm going to make you have fun. And I was, cause I was so uptight because mm. I didn't want to do the ad read and, and I looked blotchy and I got gray hair and whatever. So she's, she. I'm trying to do the ad read, and if you guys laugh, you guys know the way I do ad read. I look at it, and then I look at the camera, and I say, today is sponsored by, and I look down at the paper, and I go, Skillshare. So when I do my edit, (laughs) I just cut out all the blank spaces, because that's when I'm looking down to read alone, and then I just take all that sound wave and compress them all together, and then then fine cut them and get rid of the second takes and so on. And so, because I can't read something and then remember it. An instant later. So Taylor walks over and she snatches the ad read out of my hand. She goes, just repeat after me. And so she's off camera going, today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare. And then I go, today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare. With Skillshare, you will. And then I go, with Skillshare, you will. And it One. was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So if you listen if you listen to that unedited thing, she's yelling at me from behind the camera and I'm yelling at the camera. That's, and that's what the ad should be. Nobody's gonna skip yeah. that. That's that. <laughs> we had so much fun, and then I chopped it up, and it just—it looks horrible. But yeah. they approved it. Uh, so. <laughs> you should
0: leave her in next time. I think that would be hilarious, and they might go for it. Because yeah. then I'm arguing with it. She's like, she says a whole sentence. Like, oh, I can't remember all
1: that. You got to break it into segments and like stop at <laughs> interesting points where I can pick it up. It sound like the cadence is similar. And so you, you hear us arguing in between those. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so dumb. Donut. She's like, there, see, I'm going to do the, every one of your ad reads with you. I was like, all right, great.
2: Donut Media does the best advertisement spots yeah. in their videos. Out of any YouTuber. So there's some really good people who do really good jobs. Peter McKinnon is really good at integrating it in the video. And sometimes you don't even know that you're going into the ad. Donut Media, they put them right up front at the very beginning of the video. And I... R- it's rare that I skip through because they are so good. They're hilarious. They are they are really funny. They are um, written out and produced just as much as the rest of the video because they, they it's obvious they put a lot of time into it. And sometimes they're just silly. And they'll have like a green screen, but it's a really bad green screen. Or uh, the the one the one host he's got hair, but he'll put a bald cap on but the bald cap is kind of barely on his head so you can see the flaps coming up like they're so good and I I, I want to yeah. get at that level of ad reads and I, I'm sure that is why companies love working with them and I'm sure it is why people don't skip them because they're just so good
0: yeah I mean there's a weird line I, I totally agree they are excellent at it but there's this weird line between trying to avoid the fact that you're having to do an ad read which is, I think is what all of us naturally do mm-hmm. We have to do them, right, to make money. And so we kind of try to get through it as quickly as possible and make it, like, comfortable and easy and appease the sponsor. And, you know, we're trying to do it as quickly as possible to kind of just, like, get past it. But they lean in so hard to it that they, yeah, they totally make it its own production. And it would be interesting and really difficult, I think, for my personality, probably yours as well, David, mm-hmm. and well, all three of us, to... To like, all right, I'm going to turn this ad into a thing all on its own, make it fun, make people want to be here during it rather than try to keep people around (laughs) in spite of it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is what the case is. It would be really hard to do that. I I don't – we've talked about doing that type of thing before, even for our own stuff. Like, let's make a fun T-shirt ad. It's for us, so that should be a little bit easier. But. It's still really difficult to for me to get in that yeah. mindset of like let's make it fun for people to want to be sold something. You know, yeah, I'm not good at it.
1: It's uh, uh, you guys remember I did an ad read because I got my, one of my last video game things that I agreed to do was I said I'll do it if I don't have to pretend like I know what it's about <laughs> and he said yeah. sure and I said I did this thing with Brett like whispered in my ear because he was the nerd. Brett whispered in my ear, like all the particulars, and I would just say it to the camera. I go, Well, not me. I go, but somebody I know. And then Brett would like come in camera with and we did a really funny thing. It was like, I thought it was hilarious. It was two minutes long. And then they looked at it and they were like, Yeah, can Jimmy pretend like he knows you? Like that wasn't the agreement. And so, and they and they wanted me to cut out all so they ended up, the ad read ended up, I, they were able to salvage what what I had. They they rearranged the edit. It ended up being a minute long and they were happy with it, but hmm. I still kind of lost the charm of the original comedic approach but whatever I, i'll just say that's the end of it i'm never gonna do those again <laughs> <laughs> Raid shadow legends yeah. i can't even understand the ad reads when i get the like i got one the last one i actually got i i agreed to it then i said i don't want to do it and tail is like give me that i'll do the ad read and so she's reading it and she's like this is so complicated i have no she's like you know what just say
2: uh, so that's I'm
0: funny
1: like, tell my yeah. age i'm like i'm passing on this i said i just can't nerd out on this stuff
0: yeah, that's one of the the things that Megan, who's on our team now, that's one of her jobs that Josh has been doing up until this point, is I'll get in there to do an ad read, and I get, like, I'll start reading. No, the the part that I know from my head, I'll start into that, and then I just get in this, like, oh, we got to finish this. Like, I want to get this thing over with. Because I'm thinking of it in the context of the video. Like, I want it to be fast. I want it to be as out of the way of, as possible. But then I start talking fast, and I'll end up skipping little talking points. Those, like, Individual words that they really want in there or whatever. And so Josh has always right. printed out the ad read and stood behind the camera. And if I miss something, he'll like mm. shout it out and I'll have to like, oh, go back, <laughs> back and I'll do it again. He's like, do you slow guys down, I'll the- go back and do it. So now that's Megan's job. So yesterday we were shooting some ads and she's like staying off to the side with the paper and she's like looking at it and checking. And she's like, nope, nope, wait, you didn't say that this part, you know. That's the script supervisor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. really
1: smart. Do you guys ever uh, use a teleprompter app? There's a, there's, a tele, mm. there's a free teleprompter app. I do.
2: I have- You could use on your phone. Um, only when I need to. So I have the the, the app on my, uh, I have a little mini iPad that I use out in the shop. And then I have the little weird thing that goes on my camera. And most of the time when there's an ad read, usually you just get bullet points. And they say, these are our talking points. Put it what? in your own word. And so I won't use a teleprompter for that. I'll just like, I'll do the Jimmy and I'll read the bullet point and then I'll just talk about that. But sometimes I do that. I
1: try and mix yeah. it up with some natural but stuff. But
2: sometimes you have uh, companies want you to say this exactly and this and this and this and this. Because sometimes there's lawyers have to approve your, your ad reads and stuff. I will then just use a teleprompter. It'll, that five minutes of setting it up will save me. 20 minutes of recording and then another 20 minutes of editing hmm.
1: they always say put it in your own words i read exactly what's in the <laughs> uh. email and it always gets approved
0: <laughs> i mean that's the easiest way to do it honestly yeah yeah we're, we're working on one right now and this is kind of different i don't know how we got to talking about ads but sorry everybody this is what we're talking about um there's so this much is how fun. we make
1: something boring fun. That's go. what this is about. <laughs> that's, there you go. You could apply this to something you do that's boring, making it fun.
0: So we, we're doing this ad right now, and it's it's a bigger company than we have typically work with. And so they have, like you said, David, they have a, a, a team of lawyers <laughs> behind the thing that has approved language. And here's the language that you can say, and here's what you can't say. But the thing that's interesting is they had us submit a kind of a script for the ad read section which we've never done before. I never scripted anything Hmm. at all. And they wanted to make sure that they they could approve all of the language ahead of time. The video is about doing something to my Land Cruiser. And so in the title of the video, out of the script, I mentioned doing blah, blah, blah to my Land Cruiser. And when their response was, the script is fine, but you can't say Land Cruiser because it's like a third-party IP and there's some crossover as far as like whatever and it was the first time <clears throat> that a sponsor has ever mentioned anything about the the title ahead of time but they did it to get around having to re shoot or you know change that later and so it actually ended up saving us time because it was just something I hadn't considered as a problem. so now going into this ad read we have everything we need we have the prepared, I, can, I wrote it in my own voice so that I can read it in my own voice and it's already been pre-approved. So hopefully that will like make the whole thing go faster and easier. But it was kind of a new new way for us to do it, you know, and I think, I hope it'll work out. When
2: I see Good Mythical Morning videos, they don't do a lot of sponsored, but every once in a while, you know, they'll, they'll have a sponsor and they're shooting their videos the day before, which go out the next day. And I, I'm assuming that they just get a script approved and not the actual read approved because the videos come out so so fast. I, yeah. I've never had to approve a script. It's usually like, here's my video.
0: Tell me when I can yeah. release it. You know. Yeah, that's typically what we do too. And But somebody like Rhett and Link or that whole team, they have so much history and so much clout yeah. that I would imagine you know they could go to any sponsor that they were going to work with and be like, Look at our past eighty thousand videos yeah. <laughs> and see yeah. how we we've a done proven thing. history. I
2: yeah, think,
0: so I think, that that probably helps them.
2: They have over a hundred employees. <laughs> <laughs> That's, isn't that bonkers? Yeah. <laughs> I mean they have yeah. a, they have a whole production building studio thing. Right? Yeah, Link? yeah, yeah. Well, they have. I oh what, what do they have? Four YouTube channels, a podcast, and then some a bunch of podcasts. And yeah, it's it's a
0: whole media team. There's another. Interesting thing about them, about that company that I want to say in the after show. Don't oh. let me forget. All right. What was the other thing I was going to talk about in the after show? You, what you're working on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, it's, uh, we've been going for like uh, an hour and somehow we got to ad reads. So, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry uh, about on that. an unsponsored podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but let me thank our Patreon supporters. Who are there so that we don't have to do ad reads on this show, which is really super cool. Jimmy keeps
2: bumping the, the rooster button. Do you hear that?
1: He's yeah. got a little rooster yeah. sound
2: effect Sorry. button that he keeps hitting. You, sh- you should really it keeps, get I keep hitting it with the heel of yeah.
1: my hand. I'm trying to mute those. <laughs> By the way, since we've been on the podcast, it snowed like two inches. What? I woke up really? this morning. It was 40 degrees. It is snowing out like a blizzard right now. Huh. That's dumb. It's unbelievable. And all the birds are out. I wouldn't have let the birds out
0: if I knew Snoo was coming. Snoop, What's Snoop? What's Snoo? <laughs> what's Snoo- <laughs> what's to do with you? Oh. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to everybody over at Patreon. That helps us out so that we don't have to have sponsors. That is great. It is super cool. Uh, big thanks to our top supporters, Corey Ward, Alberts Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowend Designs, Odin Leather Goods. And Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell I bet I could probably I'm not going to try But I could probably say that list of people From my head Mm. Because those people have been so consistently supportive Of us and stayed in that spot For such a long time (laughs) That is awesome Thank Mm. you all for that Uh, There's a huge other list of people uh, That help us out as well Like Chris Paddy's Chris is on the list Uh, But there's a whole bunch of other people, and they all get the after show. So they're all going to hear the secret thing that I'm going to tell you about Mythical. All right. It's not really it. It's it's cool. It's not really (laughs) secret, but I'm not sure if it's supposed to be public knowledge. So secret thing, I guess. Anyway, big thanks to them for helping us out. It is greatly appreciated. And if you want to join that crew, get the after show, the separate podcast feed. Go to patreon.com slash making it and join up. Hmm. And if you don't want that, don't go there. All good. Well, I mean, you what, you know what I mean. It's not a big deal. We're glad you're here. What do you guys have to recommend? You you mentioned that uh, you can li- list off that
2: names without even looking at it. And when we were talking about ad reads, I can do my Squarespace spots, no notes. I've been working with Squarespace for like four yeah. years. I know yeah. all their, every, you know, every year they have a couple new bullet points that they want to talk about. I, but I don't need any script. I don't need notes or anything. I can just, I just go through it. There's... And they're so amazing to work with. They don't care what the video is about. They just they just want me to talk about websites. But anyway, yeah. uh, enough of that. My pick of the week is Uncle- <laughs> Did you get paid for saying that? <laughs> <kidding>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Uh, my pick of the week is Uncle Tony's Garage. It is, so as I was building the, the go-kart motor and having thoughts of maybe pulling the motor out of the Impala. Uh, well, I, maybe I want to. Maybe I want to rebuild it. And so I've been getting into engine building videos. And uh, a little four-stroke go kart engine is the pretty. It's the exact same thing as a car engine. It's just got more cylinders, and you got a distributor. So um, this channel, Uncle Tony's Garage. This this guy should have two million subscribers. He's got like two hundred and thirty thousand. He's really really good at talking to the camera. And that's a lot of what his videos are. He just will have an engine on a stand and then he'll just talk about that engine for a good 20 minutes. And I am stuck to my computer the whole time. Uh, he, uh, The great thing about his channel is he will say, now this is how a professional will do it. And I'm going to get a lot of comments saying, "This is that well, that's not how you do it. This is how a professional would do it. But then he is, will say, now, for you in your garage with a minimum tool set and this, uh, this type of abilities, this is how you're going to want to do it. A professional is not going to tell you to do it that way, but this is how, this is what you need to know. And I feel like I could just, I could have a beer with this guy. Just a really cool channel. Knows what he's talking about. It's super obvious this guy's got 40 years of engine building experience. Hmm.
1: Uh, for me, I want to recommend uh, Will Stelter because Will Stelter was also a big, uh, a big um, inspiration for this recent knife. Will owed me a favor years ago. I made him several posters for his uh, his t shirt that says "Forge or Die," and to pay me back, he always said, "How much do I owe you?" I said, "Oh, just give me whatever. Just give me something cool that you made." And he made me this absolutely beautiful knife with an integral bolster and just beautiful Damascus. The way him and Alex always do incredible work. So he uh, put that video out recently. I don't have the knife in my possession yet, but it is crazy. I didn't tell Taylor about it, so when it shows up, I'm just going to give it to Taylor and say, "I bought you a gift." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we know that Taylor does she, not listen to the podcast. <laughs> she doesn't listen or pay attention to any of this stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's check out Will, and then also for good, uh, also. Just two people to support. Ben Snure is also another guy who's, who, who I've become friends with lately over, over the internet. He's another great blacksmith, which does incredible work. Ben Snure, I don't know how to spell his name. I'll look it up and tell you after. And then uh, for the notes. And then Justine Silver is the woman on the show. Justine won season two of Making It. Go give Justine a follow on Instagram as well. She's incredible. And
0: we're looking forward to making more episodes with her if we get lucky. <clears throat> Awesome. I have a bone to pick with Will. Well, if you're listening, you told me you were going to come to Workbench Con, and I was looking forward to meeting you, and then you didn't. Bone picked. That's all. I You got.
1: see, this is what I'm talking about. Blacksmiths that are that good don't need Workbench.
0: Con. Oh, I totally agree. But I was really looking forward. to This is what meeting. I was talking about in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree.
1: I, I wouldn't expect blacksmiths to come to Workbench Con. They've got it. They they're like. They are like the creme de la creme or the elite in the maker universe. I mean, that's just my impression. I'm probably wrong in many people's opinion, but
0: cool. There you go. Well, mine is um is totally different this week. Uh it is a podcast about D&D, <laughs> about Dungeons and Dragons. So, we've been talking about we built this gaming table at the office and I've still not played Dungeons and Dragons, but the guys have and so we're going to start a game. Uh to play together on a regular basis, I think. And so I was talking to Forby, uh, on our team, and he recommended this podcast called Adventure Zone. And it's put out by these brothers who have other podcasts, like comedy podcasts. And I tried to listen to one of the other podcasts one time, and I, it just like wasn't my thing. Like I, it just wasn't my thing at all. <laughs> so I was hesitant on this one, but he was like, you know, give it a shot, see if you like it. And, in the context of telling a story, which is what D&D is, it's really just people making up a story as they go along and reacting to it kind of in character. These guys, it's three brothers and their dad doing this game, and only one of them has ever played Dungeons & Dragons, I think. So they're figuring it out, and so that's helpful for me as someone who's never played to understand the mechanics of the game and listen to other people figure it out. I get So now after two episodes, I understand it a lot more. And it's so much fun to listen to them, like, make up characters and just be goofy. And, you know, they're brothers, so they have a rapport that's, like, brothers have. But to hear them do that in the context of a kind of made-up fantasy character game world, whatever, it's a lot of fun. I'm a couple episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, disclaimer, lots of language. It's definitely not something you want to let your kids listen to, but it is very, very funny. Don't you tell so me what my kids... and. Can listen to or can't I mean, listen to. I'm I'm it's a disclaimer. You do whatever you want. You are responsible for the damage you do to your own chest. So. <laughs> uh no, it is it is very funny. It's called Adventure Zone. I'll put a link to it. Go check it out. Or don't. No skin off my mm-hmm. back. Just Bob, good table. That table yeah, you
1: made really is cool. really beautifully oh, beautifully done. The table you made with the projection on top looks great. Thank you.
2: The, the
0: very simple table. The mirror works really well.
1: Yeah.
0: Doesn't yeah. distort it. At, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean, you do have to you have to refocus it because, you know, the throw to the table and the wall are totally right. different. So, you know, flip it down, you do have to refocus. And, uh, but you don't necessarily have to change the kind of keystoning. Mm-hmm. When you have a projector, it has like a keystone uh, kind of... I don't even know how to describe that, but it turns into a trapezoid uh, instead of a square or a rectangle. And so you do have to... Or you don't have to adjust that. We thought you might have to, but you really just have to adjust the focus. But the mirror itself... Works great. So it was really cool. That's what I got. You guys got anything else for this week? I think we're good. That's it. Cool. Just go make fun. fun. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Later. Love you.